1: Good morning, it is July 18th, 2023. It is Tuesday, I am Tanya, and this is The Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by The Swallows. So let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, courage is resistance to fear, mastery of fear, not absence of fear. Mark Twain. So we are drinking a seance this week. Uh, I love seance. It is a very chocolatey tea. If you know anything about me, chocolate's like my most favorite thing in the world. I love every form of it. I love it savory. I love it sweet. I just think it's like the best thing in the world. So. Uh, the Aztecs believed that cocoa would bestow upon mortals wisdom. And with this in mind, a seance is a chocolate lover's dream. So it's cocoa, black tea, chicory, just very indulgent and dark. And oof, I love it. So we are talking today about cacao nibs. So what are cacao nibs? And why did the Aztecs believe that, right? So this comes to us from thenationalnews.com. If you were told that drinking a warm, concentrated chocolate drink could help you achieve inner awakening, guide you creatively, release pent up negative emotions, and kickstart the healing process, would you decline? Probably not. Most of us would be willing to give it a go just for the taste alone, if not for the mood enhancing benefits caused by the rush of serotonin, dopamine, and endorphins triggered by the consumption of chocolate. However, if you assumed cacao was chocolate or cacao's older, darker sister, um, you're in for a bitter awakening. As it turns out, there's a lot more that distinguishes cacao from cocoa, more than a vowel reversal. Yet many people are fooled by the similar sounding name and place of origin. Most people who try cacao for the first time find themselves shocked by the spicy bitterness of the brown liquid that looks and smells um, like chocolate, but tastes nothing like the bar most of us are familiar with. So what is cacao? Uh, Cacao is the natural and unprocessed seed of the cacao tree. Cacao refers to the powder left behind after the, be- the be- beans have been um, winnowed and processed and the butter has been removed. So in layperson's terms, cacao is more the highly concentrated or natural version of chocolate. So for comparison's sake, most mass produced chocolate, even the good varieties, contain only 20 to 30% cacao. The rest is sugar, milk, and solids. By contrast, cacao used in spiritual ceremonies and for consumption by enthusiasts, me, is almost pure ground cacao bean mixed with cacao butter, water, and maybe a few spices to temper its extreme bitterness. So here's the good news. If you can like get past the shock to your system and like maybe some dryness. (laughs) Um, cacao can help you get into a meditative state. So using cacao as a catalyst for healing has gained popularity in the West in the past decade or so, but it has been used for medicinal and ceremonial purposes for thousands of years. Cacao was considered sacred, and the ritual of drinking it as an elixir for good health has its roots in ancient Olmec, Mayan, and Aztec traditions in Central and South America. Both cacao and chocolate are derived from the Olmec and Mayan languages. So even the most modern mention of cacao dates back to the letter to the Holy Roman Emperor Charles uh, Charles V in 1520, in the century since, hundreds of documents extolling the virtues of cacao have been published in English, Spanish, French, German and Latin. Healers in many cultures have traditionally used cacao to alleviate a host of mental and physical afflictions, such as depression, insomnia, nervousness, excitability, as well as regulating blood pressure and sugar levels and preventing cardiometabolic diseases. As someone who has a family of heart disease, I am constantly, like, I don't think you realize how much of my life I dedicate towards trying to stay healthy because my genes are just bad, you know? I think if people actually knew for how long, how much I have to consider, like, everything I eat and how, like, the one, like quote unquote bad, you know, I hate that. But you know, the one thing that I'll eat that's like out at a restaurant that's like really decadent, it it takes me like two weeks to not feel horrible, you know? So for someone like me, um, this is why I feel like I am so drawn to things like cacao and tea and coffee and things like that. Oh, you know, decaf coffee heart stuff Um, because it's something that's enjoyable and nice and like it's not going to for most people hurt your health and maybe if we believe all of these studies may even help and I think that is a really nice thing I really really enjoy being able to enjoy my blue pea flower lattes in the morning with my oat milk and I love making my own hot chocolate blends and uh you know I like to steep tea overnight in milk like we can have fun and enjoy ourselves with the hope that we're not adding to more issues you know what I mean So science backs up a lot of these claims and has established that cacao is a rich source of uh, caffeine, iron, magnesium, and all of these things, and can actually help improve markers for triglycerides, HDL, cholesterol, and um, improve brain function. And there's also a lot of spirituality. New Age cacao ceremonies um, are done in Guatemala Keith Wilson is a cacao ceremony creator who lives in Guatemala and claimed to have met a cacao spirit who offered him to help him understand cacao and unlock and share its secret powers and gifts to the rest of the world, which I think is very nice. And um, yeah, cacao has been a part of a lot of uh, ceremonies. Uh, very similar to tea ceremonies. Um, it's something you'll see in a lot of different, especially, you know, a little little bit more New Age um, environments. But as we know, cacao was very important to the Aztecs and the Mayans and um, a lot of other cultures. And it's just really neat. And I really love it.
0: Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Tuesday, July 18th. The waxing crescent moon moves from the loving arms of Cancer to the heated hearth of Leo today. Here, the moon conjuncts Mercury and squares Jupiter. We're ready to talk about our feelings, but there's a possibility that our emotions are feeling rather large today. It might be easier to cut these feelings into smaller, more manageable chunks. Take the chunks one at a time and process. If you try to approach them as a whole, you may feel overwhelmed. Mercury is in Leo, so make sure you don't spend the whole time talking about yourself. Take a moment to check in on the friend or partner that you're conversing with and hold space for their feelings as well. Your Daily Moon Mantra is, spiteful words can hurt your feelings, but silence can break your heart. This has been your Daily Moon Mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago Astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny.
1: From the pages of Witchway Magazine comes a new collection of stories by longtime fiction contributor Olive Blake called Grow Your Own Optimist. Featuring a never before seen short story, Grow Your Own Optimist is often romantic, occasionally satirical, and always unexpected. These surprising tales of demons, devil's advocates, dystopia and dating remind us that there's magic to be found in the dark places. Olivie e. Blake is a New York Times best-selling author of The Atlas Six and several other books, including the Which Way Anthology, The Answer You Are Looking For Is Yes, and the novella La Petite Mort. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Goblin Prince toddler, and rescue pitbull. Find the new anthology series Grow Your Own Optimist by Olivie e. Blake wherever books are sold. All right, so moving on to some headlines. This comes to us from Los Angeles Daily News.com. Filmmaker seeks out esoteric texts for his vast collection. Ooh, I don't know how I found this, but I like it. So, when filmmaker Elias Herrig made his movie Begotten in 1989, he hoped, like any recent film school grad, it would change his life. And it did, but like not how he imagined <laughs> it launched his career highlights of which includes shadow of the vampire, uh, suspect zero, but beyond that, begotten introduced him to the world of, um, pre Christian volumes of texts, specifically Corpus Hermit, uh, Hermiticum, a series of texts that espouse an understanding of the universe based on the principles of astrology, alchemy, and magic. So, Merhig has a translation of the ancient texts, about four volumes, published in the 20s and 30s in his rare book collection. And he has acquired 2,400 titles at auctions through private dealers. The focus of his library is early mysticism and Freemasonry, including volumes like um, by authors like W. B. Yeats and Ludwig Wittgenstein. Central to his collection is a first edition set of the works of German philosopher Jacob Boehm whose first book, Aurora, appeared in 1612, reintroducing ideas uh, derived from that original set of books that he was really eager to find. The library includes rare 17th century English translations of Bohem's work, as well as former Church of England priest William Law's translations from the 18th century. So the four-volume collection formally belonged to the Earl of Cromer, who served the Consul General of Egypt from the 1800s. Wow. This guy probably knows so much, and I think I would do anything to have dinner with him. Adherents include occultists like, uh, yes, Aleister Crowley, author Conan Doyle, Bram Stoker, WB Yeats, um, a- among many others, including Olivia Shakespeare. Wow this is so interesting he said what i'm after is what animates the human being the kind of things the romantics were after like when mary when mary shelley wrote frankenstein what is that spark that animates life Merhig wonders maybe that's my attraction to analog film the physicality the emulsion that reacts to light and to chemicals and then creates the image with which you tell your story It's a living organism, like a human being with certain film stocks and certain lenses, I can create color and images. Oh, wow. Oh, this is really neat. (gasps) He has. So I think I've mentioned before. I don't know if I mentioned this to you previously. Oh, this is so neat. Okay. So a fun history tarot fact. So, um, tarot was considered a card game when it was in Italy. And then once it got to like German in France, the occultists got a hold of it and then kind of turned it into a little bit more of what we know it today. Um, but the occultists, uh, d- d- decided to make, uh, their occult students hand draw or hand craft tarot cards as a part of their learning as a part of their like year to a day sort of class. Right. So apparently this guy, he has an 1888. So year 1888 hand painted tarot deck bearing the stamp of Madame Bl- uh, Blavatsky, co-founder of the Theo, Theophys- uh, Theosophical Society of New York and is among the items in E. Elias Merig's rare collection. So that's probably where this came from. I mean, they don't mention that in the article about how tarot became like um, a chore or like a practice to do when you were um, an, um, a new occultist among like the German and French prominent occultists. But that that sounds like exactly what this is. A hand-painted tarot deck. Um, which has a stamp of a the co-founder of um, a prominent kind of New York coven it kind of makes sense that maybe this was either Madame Blavatsky's or one of their students hand debt handwritten or hand-drawn hand-created deck that they had to do in their occult studies isn't that neat Wow, oh my gosh, I would do anything to interview this guy. I'm going to find him. <laughs> Not to sound creepy, but I'm gonna, and then we're going to talk to him. <laughs> okay, anyways, honestly, is this what this episode should be about? I had another topic, but I'm so enamored by this. So I think this is just what the episode's about. Nearing completion, his epic novel titled Virillian grapples with similar ideas grounded in the hermetic tradition. I'm referencing through the last five or six thousand 6, years of civilization from Asia to Egypt, to ancient Greece, to Rome, to the Renaissance, to today. Everything you see here represents a small part of a larger atlas of the essential nature of the human soul and how it is constituted and how it manifests through images, feelings, and words. Wow. Uh, the last thing this article says is, quote, This is really what I'm after with the library, which is to create this kind of working mind that I can walk through. Maureen explains. When I read their thoughts, they mingle with my thoughts. They come alive again. I think the library is the closest thing to immortality. It's where the dead speak to us and become alive through us. Oh, why am I obsessed with this? (laughs) Honestly, For real, I think this is the neatest thing I've ever come across, and this was originally going to be just our news article today, but I think this is just so cool. I just decided to like keep talking about it and make it our main topic. Wow. This is neat, especially the hand-painted tarot, because if you know the history of tarot, you know kind of what had to happen for like a hand-painted tarot deck to kind of occur, especially with the stamp of a prominent, um, theos, uh, Theosophical Society of New York president, like just the things in history that had to go down with tarot um, traveling from Italy and then to France and Germany, and then the occultists deciding it's going to be a big prominent part of their practice, and then uh, incorporating it into their classes. And so, there's going to be probably quite not quite a few, but there but they exist. These hand created tarot decks exist out there because they were a part of a cultist student's uh, uh, syllabus, for lack of a better word. So for him to have one, especially from the 1800s, from this coven I think this is the co- or coven I don't know if coven's the right word to uh describe the Theosophical Society of New York I, I think it is but I think Hans Holzer was a part of that okay I just looked it up he was not <laughs> uh, but anyways I just think this is the coolest collection um I've actually have started collecting rare occult books uh, I have three right now that I am kind of looking through, but I, I'm also reselling them. Um, this is just to help my own organization that I currently um, running or am beginning. So if, if you're into rare occult books and you kind of want to see what I personally have or uh, that I have available, Go ahead and check out rareocult.com And that is where you can see like the books I have if you're just curious. Um, but this is just really neat. This was um, really fascinating. I think I would absolutely like do anything to buy this guy dinner and just ask him about the books he has in his collection, even though I feel like I would maybe bore him a little bit. I feel like he probably has... <laughs> much more interesting people to like much more interesting people to talk about than me. But um, yeah, it just seems so neat. So anyways, I just thought this was really cool. Thank you for letting me just kind of go on about this because it was so neat. Um, So yeah, I will definitely post a link to this article if you want to check it out. And you want to learn more about this guy because wow, very fascinating. All right, which is we are wrapping up this episode of The Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to Lori Sanderson. Lori, you hospitable, talented mongoose. Tara, you transcendent, fair fire dragon. Christy Hendrickson, you scrumptious, powerful gazelle, and Kim Bose, you bedazzled, dapper, Vapory queen. Thank you for so much for being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, now, before we leave today, we do have a card pull. Our card is the king of chalices. To forgive is an act of compassion, and no one knows that better than Rupert Giles. He is the king for a reason, and it's not his charming accent and tweed coats. He is composed, understanding, and knows the value of balancing his intellect and emotions, and is able to help others express their feelings. Harness his energy by listening, seeking to understand group dynamics, and taking on the role of a father figure. Just avoid having any funny-looking chocolate bars. All right, witches, that is all I've got for you today. Don't forget any books, decks, headlines, sources, anything we have referenced today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com, and we will talk again tomorrow. Bye.
0: Witches, we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence.